You're listening to the Namaste Babe podcast, a high vibe hangout for the spiritually woke woman ready to make quantum leaps in her life, business, and bank account. I'm your host, Kiki Yura, and I refuse to play by the rules. I'm an X9 to Fiber turned spiritual life and business coach, master NLP practitioner, and founder of the Namaste Babe brand. I'm here to lead you into your divinity so you can manifest a life and business you are wildly obsessed with. Each week, you can expect episodes from myself and guest experts who are leaders in their field. The episodes are dedicated to your expansion on all things mindset, money, and manifestation. It is my intention that these episodes help you raise your vibration, tune into your truth, and step into a life you fucking love. Are you ready? Let's slay. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. Our next guest today, I think, might just be the first repeat guest on this podcast. And honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way because uh, she is just such a light in my life. I am so grateful for her. I'm honored to call her a friend, a confidant, a biz bestie, all of the good things. Uh, I would love for you guys to welcome back Lauren Megan to the pod. Hey, girl. Hi, babe. Hi. Good to be back. What an honor to be a reoccurring guest. I know, right? So for those of you who don't know Lauren, you you must. Um, She is an embodiment and leadership coach, healer, conscious mother, the host of The Lauren Megan Show. And she uses modalities of Reiki, somatic, and the Akashic records on the quantum field so that she can heal and coach women to embody conscious pleasure, purpose, and impact. Mm. Her mission is to help women heal, unravel, and decondition from the beliefs of generational traumas that keep them from speaking their truth, owning their purpose, and receiving the endless amounts of orgasmic bliss they deserve. So juicy. It is really juicy. I'm like, whoa, who wrote that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's my genius right there. <laughs> that is what I do in a nutshell. I, think. I love it. Yeah. It's so, it's so like Gemini-y and MGE. It's got, it's got a lot of oomph to it. I like it. Thank you. Mercy. You're welcome. Good. So I feel like so much has shifted since you came on the podcast last. You are practically a brand new woman. Um, Before we dive into all of that and your magic and what you're here to talk about, why don't you just remind the people in case they haven't heard your episode yet, um, who you are and what's brought you on this journey to where you are? Um, Yeah. So I mean, it's a pretty like long winded journey, I think, because there's been so many like, so I'm a three, five MG. And I think the biggest thing with having like a three in your profile for human design is trial and error. Mm. Um, So I've actually failed a lot um, in order to get to where I'm at right now. I started in the online space and network marketing, health coaching. Um, and about three years ago, which is kind of crazy to think about, I, um, I was like, I'm going to be, I left network marketing and decided to do health coaching on my own and fitness coaching on my own. Um, and around the same time I decided to also be a flight attendant. So, um, March of 20, I'm like trying to wrap my 
March of 2018, I was in training with the major US carrier to be a flight attendant and somewhat running my business was kind of on pause and I found out I was pregnant. So I ended up leaving training and at the time we were living in Denver and basically like my whole life was shook and I found myself in like a really depressed, just like a low state. I didn't want to be pregnant. I, you know, didn't really have a business. I didn't really know like what I wanted to do. I just, I don't know. I I was in a really low, low. And because of how physically sick I was in my pregnancy, I couldn't really do a lot of the things that I was used to, to essentially numb out. And the only thing I could really do was lean deeper into my spirituality. So with that, I decided to move back to Florida because all my family was here and leave Denver and Justin, my baby daddy, we'll get to that, another aspect. Um, He moved as well. And I mean, man, we were like struggling, you know, like I was living in my high school bedroom with like at nine months pregnant, trying to make this business work. I was calling myself a spirituality manifestation coach. And the day I went into labor, November of 2018, I'm like trying to think of when Elliot was born. Wait, yeah, 20, yeah, she just turned two. So 2018, the day I went into labor, I signed two clients and that was kind of like, all right, you're gonna be supported. Mm-hmm. Um, so I built my business, which I have now, Lauren Megan Coaching with my baby. But I would say I didn't really get traction in my business until about the first year. And, um, and that was because I hit like a really low, low in my business where I was looking a lot for outside validation. I was clinging to coaches to tell me the way I, you know, clung to one like spiritual quotation marks guru. Um, and I just, I ended up like being massively in debt, um, almost draining our savings accounts. I felt very disempowered, which was funny because I was trying to teach empowerment. And I, um, I don't know, it was just, I, I think I had one client at the time and I just basically like burnt my business to the ground. And I thought about quitting as I think a lot of us have our moments. And I, interview now I interviewed for my podcast one of my mentors who is also one of my really good friends and she offered to do a breathwork session on me which we did and she was like still in training so it was free and I was just like oh my gosh this is heaven sent thank you thank you and I was just like I don't really know like where to go from here like I don't know what to do I can't invest in another coach I I was just like I I feel like I need like modalities or tools I feel like it can only get my clients so far. And she was like, and I'm like, and, and there was something inside of me that was like, okay, your, your spiritual gifts are coming online. Like there was something that was like, you're being called to like dive deeper into your own knowing to connect with your highest self, to work with energy, all of these things. Right. Because up until that point, I had only studied energy and I had never like really implemented it if that makes sense or like I didn't know how to work with it so she suggested that I do a mentorship with my now Reiki master Melanie Esperon and that was like a huge 
like that was a huge leap. I did not have the money for it. I was in debt with another coach. I, I was just, I was struggling, but something inside me was just like, this is your next step. You need to trust it. So I remember talking to Justin being like, I don't know what this is. I don't know why I'm being called here, but I feel like I need to get this Reiki attunement and get training with this woman who I don't even know, but something feels really right. And he was just like, whatever, do it, put the money back in our account when you can. (laughs) So um, I ended up getting in January of 2020, um, I went through a four week, pretty intense training process with my Reiki level one and two attunements and everything within me shifted from that space and everything in my business shifted from that space. Um, and 2020 was really like where I think I got my grounding in the online space and as a coach and just as a healer. And, um, I don't know so much came online for me. I was able to call in like very high level clients who, you know, were making six figures, if not more, like kind of like surpassing me, well surpassing me in income. And, um, I, I sold out multiple launches and just, it it was a huge transition from going from a lack and scarcity and constant defeat to going into a space of everything that I create isn't even mine because it's divinely channeled. And when I just trust and surrender and lean into that one next step, I'm supported and taken care of. So I think that that's the biggest shift and probably what you're talking about compared to, I think I was on your podcast a year ago, which is funny. Probably, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, and even still, like we were in person about a year ago and I, I definitely was like so different. And you remember, I was like, Kiki, I don't know what the fuck's happening in my business. Like maybe this isn't for me. All the doubts, all the fears came up. Um, but the biggest thing is I, I learned how to embody my work. I learned how to trust myself more than anyone else. And although I still have coaches and mentors, I don't have codependent relationships Mm. with any of them. I'm very much like, I mean, I bounce ideas back and forth with them, but I'm very much like, this is what I'm being called to do. I'm going to trust that. So um, I think that that's the biggest shift that's happened and has led me to here being in this moment right now. I love (laughs) I'm so happy that you've gone through this journey, you've embodied this work, you've come to um, just own who the fuck you are. And I think that that's so beautiful. And there's something so powerful about that because a woman who owns her gifts is like, you know, how you were saying about the Reiki, you didn't know why you just knew you needed it. Right. And like when someone, and then look at everything that shifted from there. And so there's something so powerful about women owning who they are and being able to show up and serve from such a more empowered place. And I just, I love that. Um, One of the things that I am so excited to have you on here talking about today, and I think it kind of shifts so beautifully from what you were just talking about, is this idea of holding space as a coach, as a healer. you know, I feel like a lot of people talk about this idea of holding space for their clients. And for me personally, I know it goes way beyond just like listening to your clients. So what does it mean to you to hold space? Yeah, 
I mean, a big aspect is of it is listening. Um, but I think what gets missed a lot in the coaching space um, is, you know, we we tend to want to create results for our clients, right? We want the testimonial and that's normal. That's, you're not, Hey, if you're listening and you're like, man, that's me, that's okay. That's part of being a human. Um, but as coaches, it's not really our job to create transformation for someone else. Although that can be a byproduct of our work. Um, we can't cling on to that, right? Because it's co-creation when we when we get into partnership with a coach and we still have to show up and do our own work. Mm-hmm. But as a coach, our role is to hold a space. And what I mean by that is it is to listen, um, but it's more so just to see our clients without judgment and really just to be able to witness them and, and, and I don't want to say hold again, but see them, support them, witness them, and then simply just reflect back what they're already feeling. Mm-hmm. And when we're able to do that, we can shift the dynamic where the breakthroughs and the transformations come from them. Yeah. Right. And it's the same thing with like energy work as well. And, and a lot of like the somatic practices I do with my clients, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, a lot of times, like it's not really me doing the work. It's me kind of guide. It's me more so guiding them to them figuring out and assessing like what their body needs. You know, what is it that that your soul's craving? What is it that that little girl was missing? Can you bring that in? Right. Um, that's really our job. So again, that was a huge thing that shifted for me because I was so I clung so. I mean, that's what I was taught. I was taught to get results. I was taught to get testimonials. I was taught to, you know, share my clients' income and and wins that way. And I'm not saying that that's bad. It's just, it's it's kind of like, you're not going to get that for everyone. I mean, you can, but it's not your job, nor is it your responsibility, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so when I hold space and what I see in holding space is just, you know, my soul is going to witness your soul. And through the safety in the container that I create, your soul's finally going to feel safe enough to be seen. Mm. And even if for a while, if it's just on our coaching sessions together, that your soul gets seen, then that's okay too. Right. And even if it's slow or it can be really fast, I work with clients that they shift shit like within 30 minutes and it's cool. Um, And then I have other clients where, you know, they've experienced trauma or just setbacks and there's a lot of doubts and there's a lot of fears and there's a lot of, you know, muck there. So the process tends to be a little bit slower for them. And again, it's just, it's just witnessing that and even reflecting back to them in those moments, like, Hey, you're safe to go at your own speed. Like you're safe to, you know, just take one step at a time. Right. So that's, that's how I see holding space is just witnessing the internal witnessing, you know, the aspects of self that haven't been seen, you know, and, and shining light on that, giving it a lot of love and, and holding space as the client processes without my own agenda, you know? Mm. Yeah. I have one client recently who came to me and she was 
you know, seeking support. She just wanted my answer on something. And I wrote it back, wrote back to her. And I was like, how do you feel about this response? She was writing a message to someone. And, you know, her, her response was like, yeah, it's, it's okay. I'm like, does it feel like it's coming from a space of love and and support and all of this stuff? And she goes, uh, I get what you're doing now. (laughs) I'm not here as a coach to give you the answers because that is what creates the codependency. That is when the client thinks I can't be successful without this person. And if you think that there's you know, at the end of a coaching container, if a client doesn't sign back on with me, like I don't take that personally. That's not a hit to my ego. That doesn't transform into, I didn't get them enough results. And that is like one of the biggest things that I think a lot of coaches, maybe especially ones who are newer, think that they have to have all the answers. They have to get these massive transformations. And that's not really what it's about. It's about helping your clients find the answers within themselves, right? And the transformations will come Mm. like, and I think that that's really important to know, like I've witnessed massive transformations with some of my clients, with a lot of my clients where who they were when they came to me and who they are now is a totally different way of being. And also I had to go through that process first myself. Mm. So like, that's a huge part of holding space as well as you know, can you hold hold space for yourself, right? Like we were talking about as emotional authorities and Gemini's and being women in general, we're cyclical beings. So we're constantly riding waves of emotions and highs and lows. And I mean, I'm a Cancer rising in a Scorpio moon. So I'm like very connected to my emotions and my feelings. And for a long time, I was just like, oh, think positive, vibrate high. Or if I was having a shitty day, I would like try to modality my way out of it. And I don't do that anymore. Mm. Like when I get called to just lay on the couch and binge watch like trash reality TV, I will do that without apology, without apology. Because I know when that moment passes, when I start to feel better, then I show the fuck up and then I do my thing and I'm like this ray of energy and my magnetism is ignited. And also it doesn't really matter because I can still call in clients from my couch watching trash TV because I've seen it happen. Because the point is not to modality or like fix it. It's just honoring where I'm at in that moment. And from that space, I can call in whatever it is I'm desiring. Right. So I think that that's a big thing too, is, you know, if you're a coach listening to this or a healer, or even if you're wanting to step into the space, like work with yourself first, like Mm -hmm. hold yourself, hold space for yourself, witness yourself, tap into your body. What do you need? What are you craving? What's being missed? And we're never taught those things. Right. We're never taught how to lean in and and look within and ask, what is it do I need? What what does my body need right now? And the the intuitive piece of it of like my body probably just needs like a little bit of a break because I'm constantly running on, you know, the the hamster wheel of all of the things that I need to do. And that thought process is just exhausting in and of itself. And so if I take that time to just 
do nothing, watch that trash TV. It actually is that like mental turn off. You don't have to think about anything. And it's like, oh, that in and of itself is the space sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it looks different for everyone, Mm -hmm. right? Like that, the leaning in and holding yourself. I mean, it, it's so, and that's like another thing is, is, and this is like really important too, when you're holding space during client sessions is there's no like one size fits all approach. Like I do not go into client sessions with any agenda, you know, it's very intuitively led. It's very much based off. I mean, I do tap into my client's energy prior to getting to into the session. So I somewhat know what I'm stepping into. But a lot of times um, it's it's very much intuitively led and I, I read my clients, you know, and I read their energy. I notice because I can notice it within myself too, you know, is my chest getting constricted? Am I feeling tight? Am I, is my solar plexus revving up right now? I reflect that back to my clients like, hey, this is what I'm feeling right now. What are you feeling? Right. Are you experiencing this moment? Yeah. Right. And, and from that space, they feel safe enough to honestly, like just acknowledge it. And there's so much power and just awareness, right? Awareness of the feeling. And once we have awareness of it, then we can decide, okay, what's the next step? Do we need to go in? Do we need to work with it? Does it need love? Like, what is it that it needs? You know, so it's very intuitive, but I do this work on myself more than I do with anyone else. I mean, I'm constant. And like, that's a big thing too, is I, in 2020, I will say the biggest shift that happened for me is I became an embodiment of my work Mm -hmm. and I stopped just regurgitating information, you know, when I learned how to do the work within myself and on myself, um, and, and that shifted everything for me because I'm not afraid to go into the depths with, with my clients, because I'm not afraid there to go, to go there with myself. I mean, I've seen at this point, so many of my own shadows, I've witnessed so much of my own darkness. I've let myself feel my darkness. I've let myself experience rage and sadness and heartbreak and breakdown and just all of it. And because of that, I've expanded my own capacity where now I can hold on their people. And what I see a lot in the coaching space, I'm I'm not saying everyone does this, is it's like, (laughs) we kind of only want to like deal with the cool, like the fun shit. And (laughs) it just, it doesn't work that way. Like, I'm I'm sorry, but. Because that's just a surface level. Yeah. And it's just, if you want to expand your energetic capacity to be able to like hold more and to receive more you really have to be able to hold yourself in all of it, you know, the shadows and the darkness and the triggers and just all, all, especially as women, like we're not always happy. Like we are, we're like the, the goddess energy, the goddess archetypes, like the moon itself, like we're like, we go through phases where in like the seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like winter's dark, it's death. Like we go through those cycles every single month, if I'm being honest, right? Like I was talking I to you about, sure. I'm in my luteal phase right now. And like, man, 
I'm in my luteal phase and this is my first period since a breakup of 10 years. This is my first, you know, luteal phase, which if you guys don't know, like your luteal is that phase right before your period starts where it tends, first of all, your hormones totally like drop off. So you're not even like fully functioning human. Um, but like a lot of your doubts creep in, like your doubts, your, your, uh, like those deep things that you're like, Oh, I'm good. I'm fine. Like they tend to creep up during this time and that's okay. There's, there's ways to process it and work through it and move through it. Or you can just like binge watch TV and chill, whatever you need to do. It's always different. Um, but I lost my train of thought. Luteal, see, this is luteal phase. There's no great capacity. <laughs> They're just like, what was I saying? What That's was I? Right. That's all right. That's all right. It'll come to you. Um, so this embodiment piece and like doing the work, and I, I mean, I've known you for probably like almost three years now. So, or yeah probably like more than three years. Cause you said you got pregnant in 2018. It's going to be about three years. You messaged me for the first time when I was in training, I think. In training. Oh yes. Yes. Cause I um, remember that whole journey. Yeah. And that I, that's like when I first got connected to you. Can I reached out to you about being a flight attendant. No, you reached out to me about working with a coach. Oh, yes. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Oh, my God. You have a phenomenal memory. So, okay, this embodiment piece, I feel like I have witnessed. Obviously, we all grow. We all transform. We evolve. Do you think that motherhood has played a role in this, um, stepping into your power and your authenticity and your magnetism. Absolutely. And there's a lot of pieces to this. So the first thing is, you know, the whole nine months of pregnancy and growing a human is all about surrender and you get to witness your own power. Um, in those moments, you know, I didn't have to think about growing fingers or a liver or even like my own placenta, like nothing consciously was like, Oh, don't forget today. You got to grow a liver. <laughs> it just kind of happened. Right. And that's how I looked at my pregnancy was like, okay, my body's so powerful. Like this system so powerful that just growing this human without me consciously having to do anything. Yeah. So there was that aspect. And then for my personal journey, my empowerment came through my birthing experience, which mm. was unmedicated in a birthing center. A lot of people told me I couldn't do it. It was about 36, 32 hours of labor, 12 hours of active labor, 12 hours of being dilated at nine centimeters. Oh my God. Extremely painful. Um, and then Elliot being the child that she is, I shouldn't have known that. Um, she basically like turned on me. So she was down the way that she should be the whole time. And then she did a little flip within me. So I had extreme back labor for several hours. Oh my God. Um, and I mean, I did it, but that within itself and in that her birth experience was so holy and liberating. I mean, I remember 
I was in the water in the tub and I mean, I was pretty deep into labor and I was at that point having back-to-back contraction. So usually you have some space in between contractions. I was going on like two hours without any space. So it was a constant, just like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. Constant like knowing, right? And Constant um, surrender. Well, I wasn't surrendering. I was fighting it. Right. And my midwife came up to me and she was like, hey, like you are fighting this baby coming out of you. Like you're fighting her. You need to like release, surrender, breathe, get back into your body. And like, I don't even know any, I don't really know what this was at the time. And I just remember like leaning back into the water and Justin said I was like mumbling something under my breath, but I remember connecting to Elliot and I connected to God. And Mm -hmm. up until that point, I wouldn't even use the name God. And I saw Jesus, Mother Mary and God like out of the corner of my eye. And I was just like, it is time. Like I'm ready to meet you. Like I, I, I like give up, like I surrender, just, just do it. Like I'm just, and literally I pushed, I think I pushed for like an hour and a half, but it was time to push. And Elliot came out and like, that was the biggest lesson was just like surrender. So then my whole, I mean, like really thinking about it, I've birthed my baby and my business at the same time. And I've Mm -hmm. raised my baby and my business at the same time. Right. And with that comes a lot of lessons, but the biggest lesson, especially being a mother is surrendering breastfeeding is all about surrender, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) like all of that. It's just so much about like trusting your own body and trusting the fact that like your body knows so much your body stores so much wisdom especially as women our womb space stores so much wisdom and knowing and knowledge and we're so disconnected from it and my first experience with understanding that was the fact that when I was in Denver I went to a more like western medicine midwife and she was like you'll never be able to have a baby out of a hospital and I was just like, what do you mean? There's no preconsist, like I'm healthy. There's no like pre-existing conditions. The baby's healthy. Why would I not be able to have the baby out of the hospital? Cause I just, I didn't want to be in the hospital. I did not right. want to be in the hospital. Hospitals to me mean sickness, death. I don't want to fucking deliver a baby there. Right. And she like, was like, no, there was no explanation for it. She was just like, you're not going to be able to do it. And I was just like, what? Bitch, you don't know me. <laughs> like, you don't know, you don't know. So I, I took matters into my own hands and luckily I found a really amazing birthing center that supported me both mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically on my journey to give birth that way. But that was the first thing where I like fully learned how to be in my body and just connect into my body, you know? And now, and now she is earthside. Now she's two and wild. Now she's two and talking and walking. I got to see, she was like such a little munchkin when I got to meet her. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I meant to send you this the other day. I came across a video of her and I like chilling. <laughs> I'll send it to you after. But so there was this whole consciousness that came during the birthing process, but now that you are on the other side of it, like she is here, it is real. Let's have a conversation about conscious mothering or 
parenting for the select men that listen to this as well. Um, what exactly is it? And in today's day and age specifically, why is it so important? So the way that I see conscious parenting is it's really understanding that your child is not yours. You don't really have authority over your child. Yes, you are an authoritative figure in their lives, but there's this huge misconception that happens that your child is yours. And one of the women that I follow for like a lot of parenting advice, especially with like two-year-olds, because they're learning how to be sovereign humans, mm-hmm. um, is basically like we're on borrowed time with our kids. And when you think about that, it puts things into perspective. So being a conscious parent means A, being conscious in my own emotions and my own decisions, my own way of being And then reflecting that back to her as she's experiencing her emotions and learning that, okay, she, she now knows that she's able to do things and by herself, like she knows she's learning limitations. And as her mother, it is not my job to control her and to tell her no all the time. It is my job to let her explore within reason and to create boundaries where she feels a safe and also free at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one thing that I've really, especially like right now, have been learning how to implement with her because for a while when she started to kind of like get this independence, I mean, she's always been pretty. I don't know how to explain it other than the fact like she's Elliot like when you know her you know her man she's just she's she's a very intelligent child she's always been really quick with things like she speaks very well for Mm -hmm. two I mean she says full-blown sentences she's she's very aware um and with that comes a lot of challenges so I started to notice like a few months ago like I was starting to get um, pretty like short and just like frustrated. And I was like, man, I, I, this, this has to change because I don't like it. I don't like it. We're butting heads. It's not going to work. Can you imagine what that's going to be like when she's 13? Like, you know, (laughs) that's like one thing that I've really stepped into is, you know, I'm really creating a relationship with her Mm -hmm. and it's not so, uh, so much about me saying like, this is right. This is wrong. It's about, you know, creating an open dialogue with her even though she's two creating an open dialogue so that when she is 13 and something happens she -hmm. feels safe enough to come to me where I'm not going to be scolding her she's fearful of me right because I was raised with a lot of fear and I started seeing a lot of that come online where I was you know seeing like the fear patterns and just like the forcefulness and so I've been doing a lot of my own work around parenting and just how I want to show up as a mother. And a lot of it is just that is, you know, I see her, I witness her when she has a tantrum, which she does about once a week. She has an emotional breakdown for whatever reason. She's been around too many people. She's overstimulated. She's just tired, whatever it is. Usually, you know, it happens and I don't try to fix it. I just sit there. I get on the floor with her. I let her cry and I tell her I'm here. And I think that that's the biggest thing is, you know, we have to be able to witness our kids in their emotions and in their feelings and not try to fix them again and just see it and reflect back to them. Like, are you frustrated? Are you mad? Are you angry? 
what are you feeling right now? How can I help you? How can I support you? And I don't force the hug. I don't force kisses. I don't do anything. If it's an unsafe thing, then I'll move her. Like if she's, right. you know, if it's not being safe because she does get angry and she, you know, throws shit. I just, I, you know, I'll move her to, to make it a safe space for her to express it, but I let her express it. And when she's ready, she'll come give me a hug or, you know, we'll talk about it. And I think that that's the biggest thing is it's, you know, I'm not looking really to be a perfect mom. What I'm creating is a relationship with my child so that when she's an adult, so that when she is a teenager, so that when she goes through hard things in her life, she feels safe with me and she has a solid relationship with someone, someone who she knows is going to love her no matter what, right? Because it's really easy to love a kid when they're happy and cheerful. It's really hard to love a kid when they are in their tantrum and in their moment and are angry or sad or frustrated, or you don't even know what's wrong with them. And they're just like, (laughs) like, you're just like, whatever, you know? So we've been working a lot on like body and, you know, connecting to our feelings. And she's funny because we breathe, even though like, if she's like really into it, I'm like, all right, Elliot, let's just take a breath. She'll be like, no, mommy, no breath. <laughs> <laughs> and then she'll do it sometimes. It depends. But like, that's one of the, I'm reading this book. Um, they have a whole series. It's called like the whole brain child. And they have a bunch of like books. And this one's called No Drama Discipline. And, um, the book's like fascinating because you're learning about like the neuroscience of a child's brain, but you don't develop a prefrontal cortex until you're in your early twenties. Right. So like, we think that kids can be manipulative and they have no capability of being manipulative. Like they're just going off a fight or flight. So I think if you're a parent listening to this, like if you're willing to show up and do personal developments for mm-hmm. yourself, like you have to read parenting books. Yes. You have to understand your child's brain and how they're developing and how they're, you know, figuring out the world. And like, that's one thing that I like really ask myself, I'm like, how much am I showing up for, for her and learning how she's processing and she's moving through the world. So I started to read parenting books and I just learned. Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, because you keep saying reading parenting books, but it, in my brain, I'm hearing reparenting. Like we have to learn how to reparent ourselves too, so yeah. that we can, and listen, I'm saying this from what I have seen in the online space, because I am not a parent, yeah. but it's not even like it's, it's that, but the other big thing that you're saying is, um, to not invalidate their emotions. And I think that is one of the biggest things that parents do, right? They're so caught up in their own lives, in their own dramas, in their own emotions, that it's like the child who is just naturally expressing themselves, right? Feeling the range of human emotions. They, the parent then tries to fix it or to make it stop or to sweep it under the rug. Cause it's uncomfortable. Cause it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to watch your kid cry. Like it's uncomfortable to, and I've noticed this a lot, like, and it is, and I have a whole program on remothering because <laughs> it, it was so big for me. Like I, I had to learn how to remother myself and I had to learn how to, you know, like think about it. Like I was probably very similar to Elliot growing up because I'm an MG emotional authority 
cancer ride, like who, whatever. I was an emotional kid. I cried all the time. I wanted attention. Like same. And a lot of times it was shoved under the rug and I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel heard. So it came up a lot. And that was the, another big thing that I shifted into in 2020 was I learned how to reparent myself and remother myself more than anything. And just connecting to that little girl, that little Lauren that lives within me, that's still like kind of like in fight or flight mode a lot of times. And once I was able to bring her along on the journey and help her feel safe and seen, I could see myself more. And by default, I could see Elliot more and I can witness her so that when she does have those big emotions, and that's what I say them because emotions aren't really good or bad. They're just, they're just big mm. emotions, man. I get it. I love that. And like, I tell her that too, like mommy gets like this too. Mommy feels sad. She feels frustrated. She feels angry and that's okay. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's funny because since I've been implementing this, our whole like relationship dynamic has shifted and you can just tell, like, she feels so fully safe with me, you know? And, um, it's, it's really, really like cool to see. So yeah, you have to reparent yourself. Notice like what what you missed out on. Like what what were the needs that weren't met growing up? And that doesn't mean your parents are bad. It's just yo, they, they only knew what they knew. The tools. Yeah, yeah, like they they only knew. You can only do what you know how to do. Yeah, you know. And the thing that you just said, how your dynamic changed, that is fully because kids are so intuitive, right? They'll talk to like something in the, you, you talk about how she sees fairies and things like that, right? Like, and, and so (laughs) that's because they pick up so much more genuinely on energy. Like they, they feed off of that. So if you're a stressed out mom, if you're a stressed out parent and you are seeping that energy, that is what they respond to. It doesn't matter what you're saying or, you know, if you're putting on a fake smile, like they can read through that. And I think that's super, super important. Um, but while we're on the topic of parenting, I, and like this whole remothering, um, I feel like when you went down this journey of, you know, bringing your little girl along for the ride, it feels like things became more clear for you. You decided a little bit more of what you want. And I am so grateful that you have decided to share this piece of your journey with us. You kind of made mention to it earlier, but I think it's really important to talk about. So why don't you go deeper into this, um, new chapter you are entering? Yeah. So with this, with reparenting and remothering, um, I learned safety and safety is the foundation of everything. A root chakra is all about safety. Um, I believe that we're here we're souls having a human experience to experience safety, to learn what it feels like to feel safe in the 3D. Um, and with the safety piece came a lot of radical honesty within myself and what I want and what I desire and feeling um, grounded and secure enough to go after that without worrying about a lot of the things that I used to worry about, you know, being alone, not being financially supported, all of these things. Right. And it's funny because I launched a program in 
October, I think it was September, October called the embodied mother. And it was all about this. It was all about, honestly, anyone could take it, but it was more so, so geared towards mothers learning how to mother the mother. Um, and I went through that program with the women that were going through it. So as they were doing the embodiment practices and the healing, like I went through it with them and with it came the knowing, which I had known for a while was that I had to leave my 10 year relationship. And, you know, I gave myself space. They say that a woman will emotionally, emotionally leave before she'll physically leave. Mm -hmm. which was very much the sick case. You know, I talked to my coach about it. She was like, listen, there's no rush, like figure out your pieces. I talked to um, my finance gal about it to figure out like those aspects. And she was just like, again, like there's no rush, like just start saving money, you know, whatever. So um, two days after 2021, January 1st, 2021, um, my whole body like basically screamed out and I'm very in tune with my body. I know what my body needs all the time. And, um, my whole body was like, you cannot go another day. Like you just like, you cannot do it. So, um, I mean, there was a lot of events that led up to it, which don't really matter. Um, we had tried therapy. We, you know, we tried a lot of things and we tried, uh, what is it? Not mushrooms, we, um, other substances. And, you know, those were all band-aids, you know, and they all kind of like helped temporarily, but there was something within me that was wanting more. And I couldn't deny that like want for more. I couldn't deny that desire. Um, so I, opened up my throat chakra although it like really wanted to close in the moment and I I told him I said I well actually he asked me as I was like trying to utter the words he's like what is your soul like what is your heart telling you to do and I'm like that I have to leave I have to I just can't be here anymore so that was really hard but obviously we're parents so I don't know. It's so weird. Like, it's weird for me to explain because we still talk to each other. Like it's different, but we're still living together at this point as we navigate all the things. And, you know, we're, we plan on being really beautiful co-parents with each other and we'll still have a friendship. I mean, we were together 10 years, you know, that doesn't really, although I don't think like the romantic love is still there. There's still deep love for one another. So I, um, I don't really see it as like a breakup because that feels so like hard and just like disruptive. It, it, it does. It feels more like consciously uncoupling. Like we're deciding together that, you know, we're, we want different things, you know, and, and, I, and that's okay. But I don't think I could have gotten to that point with all, all, all of like these tools and the work that I've done. And even, even when like the doubts creep in and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, like, what are you, like, really, like, what are you doing? Like you, you had something solid, like it was good. It was good. You know, it wasn't horrible. It wasn't toxic. It wasn't any of that. It was just, it, it wasn't what I wanted. It's, it wasn't what I wanted. So, um, and I refuse to settle and I refuse to show Elliot what settling looks like. I've seen settling 
all of my life and I refuse to show that. So um, I don't know, it's still new. Like it's what, three weeks, three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's still a lot of pieces, but I feel very grounded. It's so funny because so many people reach out and I've had past clients reach out and current clients and friends and they're like how are you doing and I'm just like honestly man I gave myself a day to cry like I lost it one day like I it was two days after and I melted man I went back into like fight or flight like I cried like a child like I think I spent the whole day crying and then the next day I was like I can do this like I like you got this Lauren and I have a lot of support I do it's funny because my parents don't know, which <laughs> they don't need to know. I have boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have very good boundaries. But yeah, I don't know. Like I, I feel good. I feel like I get to show Elliot more than anything, you know, what she gets, whatever she wants, she gets to have. And if something isn't providing that for her, then she can create the safety within herself to change whatever she needs to change to make her desires a reality. So that's what I feel like I did. And it's been good so far. I mean, it's, it's a lot I'm living in. It's funny. I talk a lot about holding the capacity for both ands. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny because that's exactly what I'm doing is I have learned how to hold myself in both ends where I can witness the heartbreak and the sadness and all of that. And at the same time, I'm watching my business grow and thrive and I'm showing up as more of an embodied leader and, you know, running a retreat and launching the certification and all of these things. And on paper, it doesn't make sense, but in reality, I get to create whatever the fuck I want. So that's what I'm doing. And I think that this is so beautiful because I went through this process when Josh and I broke up and I'm so grateful that I was working with a coach at the time, because what you said about the emotionally leaving, I had felt for quite some time because I didn't feel, um, as if I, I always felt like I was the one sacrificing. I felt like there was so much on my, and listen, this is not to say that I'm perfect in this relationship, but, um, I just remember, you know, towards the end of our relationship, I was the bottom of the totem pole and I understood we were in a new place. He was, you know, school hockey, all of these things. But I remember asking him like four weeks in a row to go on a date and it was just, no, like I'm too busy. And be like living in BC, giving up my entire life. And for three years, he never came to Toronto once. Like it just felt, you know, there's still like those emotions, like I can feel it right now. Right. There's still those emotions. And it was like, you know what? I don't want to, he and I still have such a beautiful relationship. And these are not things I'm not like airing dirty laundry. This is everything he knows, but (laughs) we still have such a beautiful relationship and a friendship that's rooted in this deep love from one another. Like we still care so deeply about one another and want the best from one another. And I think it's really powerful when you can communicate those things before someone cheats, before someone does something stupid, before, you know what I mean? Like, because that's how it gets hard. 
that's how people get hurt and there's anger and resentment and all of these things. Whereas if you're just to honor your emotions, honor the way you're feeling, speak your truth. Yes, it's going to be difficult. Yes, your throat chakra is going to close up and it's going to be uncomfortable, but it's way less uncomfortable than, you know, what happens on the other side of that. And I think that you guys also just did that so beautifully. Yeah. I mean, we're definitely like still navigating it, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was so funny. Like we... (laughs) it happened we were in the shower we were naked it was like the most like vulnerable like great like I felt like I was blacking out honestly (laughs) like what the what is happening and then we went out to dinner after and I was just like what is this and it was um I don't know so we'll see what happens like we'll see what comes I had a psychic um she saw it it's actually Melanie who is my Reiki master and she's like I see this I'm alive for you <laughs> like, I mean I'm definitely like not even like mentally there yet no. or emotionally or anything like even like physically like there's nothing in me but um I also like have this deep knowing that I probably I've never been one to date a lot like I'm not that type of girl I've definitely had like a few one night stands and stuff like that but I like commitment. I like, Mm -hmm. like, I just, I can't do the game. So I don't know. There's like this deep knowing that like the next man that comes into my life is going to be the one and he's going to check all the boxes. So I've been doing a lot of like manifesting around that and just feeling into like, what I want that relationship to look like. And, you know, Justin and I, we were young, we were in our early, I was 20 when we got together. He was 19. So we were super codependent and we fought to stay together for a really, really long time. And it just, I don't know, at a certain point, it's like, I mean, you can fake it, but yeah, you got to listen to your body, you know, like, like my whole body was like, you need, like, you got to go, like, you got to go, man. I remember when I emotionally checked out because I feel, and from my personal standpoint, I can't speak for like all women, but there's a lot of emotion that goes into sex. And I just remember, like, I consider myself to be very sexual. I, I love having sex. Like that is not really a secret to anyone, but I, and that, you know, that just comes with so many years of like doing the work and not being afraid to say those things. You know what I mean? But yeah there was a disconnect. As soon as I emotionally left, I, it was like, I didn't really want to be touched. I didn't like, yeah. And like your whole, like your whole body just kind of like knows, you know, and, yeah. um, I wasn't in tune with my body then though. Like I am now. Yeah. Um, some might say I'm like too in tune with my body. Cause I think that's what happened is like, I think I knew for a while and then, and it's funny cause there's an episode on my podcast that I did with Olivia Celine on to conscious uncouple or not. And I, we recorded that about a year ago. Wow. And we talked about this. Um, wow. so there's definitely like a knowing there, Yeah. but yeah. It's, but you know what? You're honoring it. You're giving it the timing that it deserves. And that's all that you can do. 
Um, so I want to honor your time because I know that you can't stay super long, but this is like the last thing that we must, must, must get to because it has been so beautiful. Like I feel again, going back to this idea of like when you started incorporating these tools for yourself, it was just next level. And so let's talk a little bit about Reiki. You are a certified Reiki master. I am currently cleansing to get my Reiki two and Reiki master. So I'm going to have it by the end of the month. And Reiki has been transformative for me. It has been so beautiful. Um, what, what about it drew you into it? Um, I had no idea what Reiki was before I got attuned. I had had one Reiki session with my downstairs neighbor in Denver. And I didn't even know it was Reiki. I just knew I felt really, really good after. And she like, is able to, she's super psychic. Like the universe sent her to me. Shout out to Bridget. She was amazing. Um, when I got Reiki attuned, I really had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I followed it. So I did my Reiki level one and two at the same time, which is how I do attunements as well. So it's the self-healing and then also being able to do distance. Yeah. And I, during, so Reiki is life force energy that gets channeled in through the practitioner and then can expand out to other people. And when I went through, after you get Reiki attuned by a master, you go through a 21 day, basically initiation period. And I showed up for that 21 days. Like I hadn't, like, I don't even, I didn't even know the last time I had committed to something for 21 days. And I just showed up and I did the self healings and sometimes I would feel it. Sometimes I wouldn't really feel it, but I just kept doing it. And on the last day of my Reiki attunement um, was actually mine and Justin's nine year anniversary. Wow. And it was also the day that his grandfather died. So we, so it was the first time I experienced like a human's soul leaving. I, I had seen our previous dog's soul leave the body, but I witnessed death in a human for the first time ever. And it was just like this weird out-of-body experience. It was like all of my like gifts came online and I started channeling and receiving all these downloads. And I was just like, what the fuck is, like, what did I do? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is this? And, and so much shifted for me, like so much. But what I realized was, you know, with Reiki, it's very easy to like go into like the Astros and just like, kind of like stay in, what's the best way to say it? Like stay up in like the crown chakra and the third eye, right? Like it's right. I think that became really easy, but what was hard was to really ground into my lower three chakras. Mm -hmm. So I started to work primarily with my lower three chakras, my root, my sacral, and my solar plexus. And when those came online, everything else like fully opened. My heart opened, it softened, my throat activated, my third eye like totally just opened up and, and my crown as well. Um, yeah, and it, it is. It's so transformational, but it's very subtle. It works with the subtle energy of your body. It works with like, it works with your chakras. It works with your energy field. And when we can work with that and manipulate it and move the energy in and out and through and 
understand like what's being communicated to us, then, then I believe we can shift the trajectory of our life, you know? So the way I teach Reiki is as a practitioner, it's full surrender energy. We go into sessions with a clear heart, clear minds, a clear knowing. We open ourselves up to Reiki energy. We open ourselves up to our guides, to highest light, and we give that to our clients. But at the same time, the person receiving Reiki has to come in with an open heart and an open mind and an open knowing um, so that they can also receive. So it's surrender energy on both as a practitioner, we don't really do a lot. Like we just, we're guided. It's once we can surrender to that and not force it. A lot of times, like the mind wants to come online and be like, am I doing it right? Right. Like you're doing it perfect. You're doing great. Right. Um, That's when like the really cool downloads come in, especially when you're in client sessions where I've had client sessions where, you know, past relatives have come in. one client specifically, she was one of my first gals that I did Reiki on. And we did specifically on the sacral because she had just had an abortion. Uh-huh. So we did a lot of energy on the sacral, but her dad who had passed away when she was younger came through and I had no idea that her dad had died. I was just like, Hey, there's this male energy that came in, felt like a father figure, felt like he was passed, like uh, he passed on gave her the message and she was like in tears she's like oh my god and so like I don't ever know it's just kind of my job to clear my energy you know um but Reiki's healing very very healing um it's just light it's the highest light it's life force energy that's literally what Reiki translates to is life force energy and what I think happens what I see happen is it activates our own life force that lives within Mm. us you know, and that's, that's all it's doing. It's just, it's connecting the two energies, our life force with the life force of the universe. And how powerful is that? Oh, so powerful. So beautiful. And it's like something I teach in all of my programs when it comes to spirituality, manifestation, all of these things is that if you don't have energy running through your body, you're not alive, right? It's, we are all connected through this energy. Energy is what pumps our blood, beats our heart, you know, makes our brain function, allows us to move, talk, think, speak, all of these things, right? So it's just connecting with that and allowing that to channel through you. And I think it's such a beautiful like ripple that's created when people are using that, not only for themselves, but for for others as well. What is one thing, cause I, I love to know this, like the other day I, I told you, I burned my hand. You did this beautiful, like distance session for me, by the way. And mm-hmm. I was supposed to wake up early <laughs> that night. I burnt my hand, um, and was in excruciating pain, like all night. And I put it out there on my social media. And I have a couple of light worker friends. Um, I also sent some Reiki energy into my hand and I'm not even kidding you. Like the next day I was not in pain. I was, I felt night and day like healed compared to how I had felt the night before I was expecting to like wake up in the middle of the night it was crazy. Anyways, long story short, a week later, like I have no scarring. I have no, like the blisters went away within like two days. They didn't, everyone's like, whatever you do, don't pop them. 
they, they never even came to fruition. Like, and I, I have never burned myself that badly. Right. So that's like one of the cool, like physical things that you can see with Reiki energy. I have a client who was in my class. She's a client of mine, but she was also taking the Reiki certification with me. And she had this growth in her arm. And she said it shrunk by like 50% after putting Reiki into it. And I just think it's so beautiful. So what are some of the things that you've seen Reiki do either like within you or even physically in the 3D? Um, so it's tough to say like especially with like the physical stuff because um there's a little bit of like legalities with that like I can't mm. say that I right, 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 right. um but I have seen healings yes. occur and happen um I would say the biggest thing that I witness is women like really activating their power through Reiki. Um, and that shows up different, differently for everyone. Some of it, it, it's like the physical healing, right? Like healing things like IBS, thyroid issues, um, endometriosis, like a lot of those hormonal issue, issues that women have. Um, for others, it's more of like, I spoke my truth. Mm. I feel empowered. I started this business. I signed X, Y, and Z clients. Like a lot of the work that I do with my private clients, um, it's really honestly kind of crazy because we'll do, I always infuse Reiki into the work that we do, but I also do just do like a lot of intuitive energy healings. Um, especially with business owners, like I help them basically expand their energetic capacity to call in more clients. And I think that that's the coolest thing. I was just looking through like client testimonials and we had done like a really with one of my clients we had done and she just launched a new program and she was kind of like, you know, hearing crickets and we did this energy healing and within two hours she had signed like two clients for it. Wow. High ticket, high ticket sales. It was crazy. And I think that week in total, she signed like three or four clients for this. So, so I think that that's really cool. Like that's the physical manifestations. Um, I mean, there's crazy things I've seen, just like the, like, just like the creative energy with programs, like I felt that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of depends again, it, it there's layers to it as well. Like there's layers to the healing. I tend to work a lot with women with their roots, their sacral and their solar plexus. So with that comes a lot of like the generational traumas, their own personal traumas, um, the witch wound, like just so much that can come online. So, um, yeah. Speaking of this healing and like embodiment and everything that we've just really been talking about today, um, you have something really beautiful and exciting that has officially launched. And I want you to wrap us up with talking about that because I know the magic that this is going to create for people. So the floor is yours. Yes, thank you. Um, so I have created a six month um, facilitator slash certification program that includes Reiki level one and two, um, empowerment coaching, 
Akashic Records and Healing in the Quantum and embodiment work. So it's kind of like a four part training facilitator. It's, it's weird with like certifications. Um, so it's a certification slash facilitator training program where you not only get Reiki attuned, but you learn how to work with the felt sense of the body. So understanding how things are stored within the body, how to activate those things, how to move things out, how to work with timelines and the quantum, how to collapse time, how to work with your own psychic gifts from a grounded approach, because I see that a lot where, you know, it's like really, it's cool, dude, to like be able to like call in all these gods and goddesses and ascended masters. And, you know, there's also dark energy at play, right? Mm -hmm. And I've worked with clients that have called in dark energy and they didn't mean to. So there's a lot of that around like spiritual discernment and how to know like what's the light and what's the dark and what's your truth in it and, and all of that. So it really is me taking all of these modalities and these healing methods and activations and just things that have been channeled it. Like this whole course is really channeled. Like you should see my notebook with the embodiment practices that are coming in um, because there, there are things that I've done with clients. There's there, a lot of this stuff is like things I've done within myself. Um, and I'm basically like wrapping it up in like a big bow and, and, and giving it to other people. Cause what I realize is there's only one of me. Yep. I create massive transformations for my clients. Although I don't <laughs> kind of going back to the beginning of the episode, I don't like, um, define my worthiness as a coach from it, but I do, I I've seen massive transformations happen with my clients. Um, but there's only one of me. So I would love to be able to give these modalities to others so that they can make their own authentic approach to it as well. Like use their own magic and their own, you know, knowing and their own like sprinkle of fairy dust on it and, and feel confident enough to perform these healings and transformations for others. So this is like me really shifting into leader, coach, mm. teacher. Um, so it's six months within the first two months, you you'll get your Reiki attunement. So you'll be able to add that. Then we go into the quantum and the Akashic and like the energy and the cool, like I think that shit's so cool. So we go into fun. like a lot of that. And we go into empowerment coaching, which is kind of a blend of everything. I have a guest speaker coming in for astrology and human design. Um, a lot of like solar plexus activations and just really amazing like life coaching tools there, mirror work. Um, and then the last month, month and a half is all of the embodiment practices. So really taking the knowledge and integrating it in and learning how to work with your body and to work with your clients' bodies and how to um, work from that space. So yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's called the Academy of Alchemy and Embodiment. And we start the first week of March, actually March 1st. It worked out perfectly. We end in August and um you get a weekly call. I mean, all the details are on uh, my website. There's several payment plans, but you get a lot of support with it. So it's not, and you get ongoing support as well. So once you're done with the certification, you'll still get support. Amazing. Um, 
Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like my little baby that I'm creating right now. Mm, I love birthing things into the world. Yeah. It's probably one of the biggest things. It's funny. Cause I'm like, let's go fucking big in 2021. Cause I have that. And then I have the retreat that is also open as well. So. so good. I'm so excited for you. You're going to create so much magic this year. It's going to be amazing. Uh, if people want to sign up for this, if they want to connect with you further, where can they find you? Um, so Instagram's probably the best place at laurenmegan.co. My podcast is the Lauren Megan show. Um, there's two episodes a week that I'll drop there. And my website is www.laurenmegan.com. And you can go there and check out all the details for the certification, the retreat and private coaching. Yay. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me and with our listeners. I am, any time that I get to spend in your energy makes me so happy and listening to your voice, I could do it all day long. <laughs> that is my favorite thing to hear. I'll send people voice memos and they're like, I just love your voice. And I'm like, I feel so, so soothed. Really? <laughs> yes. And I'm sure everyone else is going to say the same thing. Guys, uh, take a screenshot. Let us know what your favorite part of this episode was. Be sure to tag both of us and we will see you in the next episode. Bye guys. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please spread all those good vibes by leaving a five-star review, as well as screenshotting this episode and tagging at Namaste, babe over in your stories on instagram with love and light the fiercest fuck goddess in me recognizes and honors the fiercest fuck goddess in you and until next time namaste